Praise God. So we're going to continue talking about spoiling the strong man. We've been uh, on this, uh, um, on our Saturday meetings. Our Saturdays have always been set aside for prayer and things related to prayer. So we do do our watch. We do pray on Saturdays. But I had been, because of the COVID outbreak and all that, I have been teaching more on healing, uh, health, faith, and healing uh, for the, you know, past couple of years. And so uh, God has told me now to, to go back to teaching. As long as he tells me to do this, I'll be doing it. I can't tell you how long, okay? But uh, I'm just following the leading of the Spirit of God and how important it is uh, for prayer in this day and age. Um, I've noticed, I don't know if you have, if you, you are on social media at all, you know, there's some that, that you follow. And I use the internet a lot for information and for research and things of that nature. But I have noticed more people encouraging other people to pray than I ever have before. And I'm not just talking about church people. I'm talking about your everyday secular person. Uh, you, if you go on Facebook and you'll see people requesting prayer, I have to go the, to the doctor. I'm going, or so and so in my family is sick, or so and so. There are a lot of calls. Now, I, I, I am partners with a lot of Christians on there, but you know, everybody that you see floating on your, on Facebook is not your, a friend of yours, nor are they all Christians. And so, but I see more people seeking for help from God, I'll put it that way, and more open to, and talking more freely about the things of God. I've also seen, noticed something that in the more secular realm, there's less denominationalism, you know, than in the church. You know, you'll see people say things like, um, well, you know, uh, uh, I'm Catholic. Uh, this brother, you know, he's he's from evangelical, and, and and we're praying together. And you see more people gathering together to pray, more prayer at public functions. Uh, and I think it's because people are waking up to the fact that this this world is really going to hell very fast, and only God can stop it. God's our only hope. And I'm, I'm always so thankful, especially when you see like conservative people who call themselves political conservatives reaching out to God for prayer, reaching out to God for help in the, in the things that, that they do. Uh, a lot of their, um, meetings are opened with prayer and not just the old traditional prayer, you know, but people who are, are really seeking God and, and wanting God's intervention and things. And this is not an accident. This is not just a passing fad. This is God moving on the hearts of people and letting them know, you better reach out to me because I'm your only hope here, you know. And people are are glad to know that God is there for them. And so I always am encouraged whenever I see anybody reaching out to God, it's an encouragement to me because there's this other side of the world that hates God and is trying to shut down prayer, trying to shut down churches, trying to shut down people. I saw it, there was a, uh, a man who was uh, a minister was at a uh, one of those pride parade things that, you know, with all the LGBT people parading around, no clothes on. And he was just standing on the street corner reading his Bible out loud and the police came and arrested him. See, there's there's free speech and then there's Christian speech. So they put us in a whole different category. A gentleman was praying the rosary outside of an abortion clinic. And the FBI came to his house in the middle of the night and arrested him in front of He's got like eight children, you know, little kids there, watched their dad get hauled away in handcuffs. And they they said that he was a threat to national security for praying outside of an abortion clinic. And so these things are are real. They're serious. They require prayer. But at the same time, I think God is alerting all kinds of people from all different places. You know, the church, 
worldwide, the church that's traditionally the church, the church that we know as a church, and then the church that's coming into a knowledge of Christ. There are some people who don't have the knowledge that we have, but they're coming into the knowledge and room has to be made for them in the household of faith. And so God is is reaching out far and wide by his Holy Spirit and bringing people in. Amen. He's not waiting on us to go do our little thing witnessing. He's bringing in people by his spirit. Amen. He's talking to people. He's telling them, I'm available for you. I'm here for you. Uh, some of them are, are, uh, knowledgeable about, about holiness and about all of those things. And some of them just have the world on them still, you know, but they're all reaching out to God. And it's a good thing that, that, that as far as I see, I think it's a good thing because they don't have this crazy tradition on them that, that our traditional church people have. They're not we over here and you're over here if you speak in tongues i can't talk to you if you don't speak in all that that's they care less about that they just want to reach god and i think once we get the understanding that our job is to reach god on behalf of the things that he sees are important down here i think we'll all be doing real good so we're going to continue talking about spoiling the strong man and what the strong man uh how he operates and and what he he does, and we talked about the fact that uh, Satan's kingdom is is uh, organized and it's um, orchestrated, and it's uh, um, uh, there's a uh, regimentation and an order to what he does, and so part of his order is to assign territories and assign um, uh, overseers over the work that he does down here on the earth. Now, his work is to, what, kill, steal, and destroy. And and a lot of the weapons that he uses are weapons that are given to the strong man so that he can organize and run his territory and keep people's lives messed up. You know, keep us missing God, keep us confused about things. And so it's it's just good to understand how these things are, how they operate, and how um, uh, uh, he is has divided up his kingdom and his people. I mean, his imps and his demons that that um, work against people, and how that thing uh, goes about. And so. It's just good to keep an understanding of how we're praying, why we pray the way we pray, and what it is that that we're after. So uh, the Bible tells us that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So what that means is that people are not your problem. If you're still fussing at people and got, got to get somebody straightened out and tell people off, you're missing the whole thing. And see, we run after people and cause trouble with one another with flesh and blood, and the devil stands by and laughs at us. Because he said, look at there, they went for it again. When when they got a Bible, they read it all the time, and, and it tells them that, that, I'm, that people are not their problem, and I got them fighting each other again and again and again. I'm trying to find that scripture. It should be familiar to me, but I have not. Is it 12? Okay. Oh, I see it. I was at it from the beginning. No confidence in where my little hands are leading. It says in Ephesians 6, 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. These are are, are military uh, delineations. These are military groupings. Uh, This is a structure in an order. Principality appears to be the highest level of government. So it's not like you can't, you don't, you're not effective on a high level in the realm of the spirit. You are. You're effective on the highest level. Principalities, that's the highest level. Powers. Powers are, are forces and tools that the enemy uses. So a power would be the power of confusion, the power of fear. Spirits of fear are powers that these principalities use. They release onto people. 
Um, it says also, rulers of darkness. So these are lesser demons that rule over smaller territories. Amen. And, and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. So spiritual wickedness can be strife. It can be contagion. Uh, it can be viruses. It can be epidemics, pandemics. Those are the, the forces and the armament that the enemy uses against us uh, to keep us bound and to keep us, keep trouble moving toward us. Amen. Uh, he'll let, let out a report. Oh, it's flu season, you know, and people get nervous and start, you know, either going getting a shot or they'll go and get all kinds of cough medicine and keep, that's a fear. That's a movement of fear. Amen. And so because we're afraid that, that it'll get us now in, in some ways it can be used as a protection and a, a defense. You know, you keep something around for this just in case, but you're not looking for it to happen. But the enemy likes to keep it so that we look for it to happen. We expect it to happen. And guess what? Anytime you expect sickness, guess what will happen? Sickness will come knocking on your door. Amen. And so what the the best thing to do is just stand on the word. And God, if the word fails or if I'm not in the kind of faith I need to be, you know, I'll take this medicine just to feel better so I can keep going to work and keep getting up every day to do what I have to do. But I am not depending on this medicine because I'm scared of sickness. You got me? You are an overcomer. And you stand in that place of one who has already overcome because Jesus has and he lives in you. So you go with what he has for you. You don't don't sit around and wonder about these things and then got to wonder, you know, oh, yeah, my job, they make us take it. I work in the hospital, blah, this, blah, that. Well, just tell the devil you got immunity anyway. You understand me? Just make your decision between you and God and decide how you're going to handle that. And so it's a good thing to to not get dependent upon uh, what the world system provides, especially when you have the word. Eventually, you'll start losing confidence in the word and you'll start getting more confidence in natural remedies. You got me? So you have to watch yourself with that. Don't let your faith get transferred on to something that's temporary and just allow yourself to build your faith. God, I want to build my faith so it doesn't bother me whenever, you know, the evil report comes. I want to get to the point where I'm not moved by that. Lord, just help me with that. And and just start where you are and let God help you and get to the place where, where you know you can get to. Don't give up on the word. Uh, and don't throw in the towel and think that that's the end of the story. So we wrestle against spiritual forces. You wrestle against spirits. Amen. There are sometimes people we, we just, they just, we just don't like them. You can't, it's, they're hard to warm up to. You know, that's not that person. That's either you got a devil and you don't want to let it go. <laughs> Or they got one that rubs your devil the wrong way. So these are spiritual forces, folks. These are not not forces, amen. You know, God will get me sometimes. There'll be, you know, the things I can't resolve. It's just got something about this this person don't seem to be right to me, or something like that. You know, I mean, it, it just you just sometimes it just. And you want to love people. You know, I'm not, te- I'm not saying that to say it's okay to hate nobody. Now, that's not where I'm coming from. But these are, are things that sometimes will perplex you a little bit. You say, God, what is this? I just, I feel something. It ain't a right thing to feel. And, blah, blah, blah. and, and God will sometimes take me aside and show me. He said, now this person, this is, this is how I see this person. And he'll show me who they are spiritually speaking he said now i want you to send them a message and tell me that i told you to tell them this so that killed my devil do you understand what i'm saying i mean if you want to get over in the realm of really loving people without a lot of and that kills it every single time 
You know, God said, I want to show you who this person really is in my kingdom. And that happens over to me over and over again. Why? Because that's a gift that I have. He gave me that gift to help me in life. Amen. And it's not just to give prophecies to people for whatever, but it helps me to get to know people. My flesh is too involved and I'm misreading this person and I need to read them correctly. And so that's what God will do according to the, the grace that he's given you for your life. Amen. And that doesn't mean you got to get a word from God about everybody before you can like them. Sometimes you could just say, devil, quit, quit messing with me about this person. I'm, don't, don't do this anymore. You understand what I'm saying? But God will do that sometimes to just get you settled. Amen. And get you to understand, no, you're reading it wrong. And we're not going to go through this, take an inventory of why. I'm going to get you over this right now. And and that's what he does with me at times. And so these are things that, that we need to know are helpful to us. But you need to know that it's not people that are your problem. There's a devil involved there somewhere that's keeping a some kind of agitation going. Amen. Keeping some kind of wants to keep some kind of problem going between his children. And so it's just real good sometimes to to know that if you if you don't if you don't let it you don't settle for the fact that it's a flesh and blood problem. You want to get to the bottom of it. God, there's something here in me that's not right toward this person. Or it's it's rubbing it's something ain't right, Lord. There's no peace here. There's this contention. There's this yada yada whatever it is, and you seek God to get peace about. It. He'll resolve it for you. Amen. I mean, He just will resolve it. And sometimes you're misunderstanding people, and they misunderstand you, and that keeps you at a distance. And so you just want to do those things and get them right. And so, so when we, we think about it, we're not wrestling against, it's not people that are our problem. And I don't want to see y'all getting on Facebook throwing shade at nobody that you don't like. And talking about some, you didn't outgrew some people. God removes people from, who are you for God to remove somebody from your life? Are you kidding me? Are people that disposable to you? We're supposed to love people. Even if we don't like what the package they're wrapped up in, you gotta love people. We don't like what they say, you gotta love people. And you gotta work at loving them sometimes. It ain't, it ain't easy. You don't just love people that love you and treat you nice. Who are you? You don't have any power to put anybody in heaven, hell. You barely have power to pay your own bills. Then you think people got to like you. I'm serious. People get really, it grieves me when I see some of the things Christians post on there. It's like people are disposable. We're not disposable. We're the most precious commodity on the earth. A human being. Are you kidding me? The world thinks people are disposable. Look at all the abortions that are done. That's not our gig. You understand me? That's not how we roll everybody's precious because they're precious to God. We have God's view on things. We have his love inside of us. We have his purpose in the earth. Our purpose is to show love to people and not just people that, that in waiting for to see how they treat us. That's so immature. There's so much love inside of us that we don't give out because we waiting to see how they treat us. God never told you to to watch how people treat you. He said, watch how you treat people. He said, you love. He didn't say watch and see if they love you back and what they give you and how much they pay for it, if they got it new or if they got it. So stop it. Stop that nonsense. You know, thoughts will run through your head. Let them keep running. Don't stop them and pay attention to them. Let them keep running. So we defeat the strong man when we operate in love. The devil hates that. He hates it when he see you go bless somebody that you really in your flesh didn't want to bless, but you finally got over yourself and said, this is wrong, God. I'm I'm looking at this wrong. I'm treating them wrong. Give me a way to bless somebody. Amen. 
Sometimes you bless them by just asking God, thank you. Thank you for showing that to me. Father, I thank you. Whatever they need today, please meet their need. Don't let them be without. That's the greatest prayer you can pray for anybody. It's a blank check for them to do well for the entire week. And you wrote it. Amen. And so this is, this is the way we, we operate in God's kingdom. We bless instead of curse. We pray for those who despitefully use us and, and persecute us. We do all of that. Amen. Consistently. And we're not watching to see who treats us right. You know, it's so small. It's not even kingdom. So anyway, God wants us to defeat the strong man and you defeat him by obeying God. And not wrestling against flesh and blood. Don't let flesh and blood hang you up. Don't let the way people talk to you hang you up. Don't let the or the way you think they talk to you. You know, your little brain could be a little squirrely too. You can hear stuff wrong. I'm serious. You know, God showed me that many years ago. He said, see, that's not what that person was really saying. See, you heard that through a filter of a spirit that twists things in your ears. Our hearing can be perverted. That's why Jesus said, be careful how you hear. And that's not a misprint in everybody's Bible, honey. That He meant that. He said, what kind of ears are you hearing with? Are you hearing with your spiritual ears? Are you hearing with carnal ears? That already have their mind made up about people. It's a thought. Selah. (laughs) And I say that to say it's very important. That when we come to the place of prayer. And of defeating the strong man. You got to come in with a pure heart. Because you could be ensnared by any kind of. Uh, prejudice or evil or selfishness that's in your heart that will ensnare you and you won't be as effective as you would if you would just come clean in the outer court and let God clean you up and then come in and let him clean up these attitudes that we have where it's certain things we don't like or certain people we don't want to be around or all that kind of stuff you know or certain things we don't want to do You have to be careful about all of that and and always operate in love and and let God show you how to to call these things down, these high things that are in us all. Call them down out of their exalted place in us. So so it's just one of those things. But remember, we don't wrestle against people. People aren't our problem. It's principalities and powers. and You stick with the right warfare, you'll win. Amen. You'll win every single time. And so, uh, so anyway, in spoiling the strong man, we, we talked about the gathering demoniac and how he was, uh, 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 a ruler of darkness. Now the prince or principality is probably somebody over him. Amen. Somebody over him. And we know this because he had a certain geographical area that he was in charge of. And so there is probably a a prince over over this Gadarene guy because he said, I have many devils in me. They call me Legion for that reason. And he was as powerful as an army. They would try to chain him and, and keep him from hurting himself. And he would break the chains apart. He had. Many, many strong devils on the inside of him. And so he was taking orders from a higher up devil that probably sits up higher in the heavenly realm. The fact that he inhabited a human being down here on earth, he's not the highest power. That lets you know he's not the head of everything, but he's head over his region. So he had a region of ten cities that he ruled for Satan. He kept all of that under his control. And so when you, when you look at it, it looks like this is just one man that had a devil in him. And there were many instances where Jesus cast devils out of people. One other, uh, area where he cast demons out was the, um, the, uh, going into the temple. There was a, a man 
in the temple that he found, and he cast a demon out of him. Now, that was no doubt a religious spirit because he got along with things in church. You got me? So so they build up a culture that is compatible with what they want to do. And the first thing the religious devil wants to do is fight the anointing of God and fight the pure power of God. Amen. So this is why Jesus was opposed when he would go into the temple. They would criticize him for for healing people on the Sabbath day and all of the things that the Pharisees found against him. That was the activity of a religious spirit. And so Jesus dealt with them all. He took authority over all of them. He didn't care where they were. Amen. And this is what we have to do. Now, we do everything we do by unction, and so did he. And so you don't just go pick on a devil because it's a devil and think you're going to wrestle with it and cast it out. You have to do these things by unction and by assignment. Amen. And sometimes your people who are, are real carnal minded are very sometimes very devil conscious because they think that makes them look spiritual in some way. Amen. But you don't have to talk about the devil all the time to take authority over him. Amen. Just like if you're a rich person, if you're a millionaire, you don't have to talk about your money all the time. You got me? You just have it, and it's a part of your life. And, and when you need it, you pull that roll out or pull that black American Express card out or whatever you stick up their nose to pay for your goods. But you don't have to talk about it all the time. That sometimes is a giveaway that there's more fear than faith. There's more uh uh, uh, flesh than unction, amen, because people tend to talk uh, in their flesh about things that they're insecure about, amen, and there's everybody starts out scared of the devil, I, I don't care who you are, you're not born walking in authority over him, so you've got to learn, you've got to get the word in you, and you've got to, to let God show you and let God teach you. So anyway, uh, and you got to know what you're called to do and how you're called to do it. So there's there's stuff here. You know, I would say if you're in a ministry that that uses spiritual authority and, and praise like we do, you can pick that up without having to go through a lot of trial and error. You, you understand what I'm saying? It will just be a part of your spiritual equipment if you learn how to work and be faithful with it. And and learn how to live for God and, and obey God. And so these things are 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 in our lives so that we can can be more effective uh watchmen and warriors in God's kingdom. And so uh in in Luke chapter eight or nine, is it eight or nine? Nine. I think it's nine. Yes, nine. Okay. So uh, in verse 26, it says they arrived in the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. Galilee. Now, we had our map. Everybody still got your map? No, because you didn't mean to keep it. Quit throwing these maps away. I don't care what you got. If you got a teeny pocketbook, put your hand out in your pocketbook and be responsible. Learn how to be obedient. Good gravy. It'll take you forever to learn how to keep important things with you. But if you look at your, your map, you'll see that, that Gadara, which is the city that, where he was, was part of a 10 city grouping called the Decapolis. Amen. And so these were in, in our, our map tells us where they're located today. So these were real cities that were a part of of that that region, and it was along the Sea of Galilee. And so we know that Jesus would often cross over that 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 body of water and go from one city to the next to the next to the next. So what Jesus is doing is what we call like a not too hostile takeover. He just comes in in authority as one stronger than the strong man. You got me? He's stronger than the strong man. So until Jesus shows up, this demoniac 
man runs everything. How do we know he runs everything? It gets unfolded to to you as you go. Number one, he's got a lot of demons in him, so he's not some minor player. You know, he's not just some guy running around who's, uh, you know, uh, just got a, an unclean spirit in him, like a deaf and a dumb spirit or something like that. And, and you can cast it out pretty quickly and, and it won't resist you any. And so when the other thing that, that will indicate strong man activity is this man approached Jesus. Jesus did not go looking for him. Now, why would a demon come and approach Jesus? He has territory to protect. So the strong man will either send somebody to confront the person who's anointed, or he will be there and somehow make himself known to a person who has spiritual authority. And that's Jesus. Amen. That's why when Jesus, when he called the 12, it says he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out. Amen. You'll never get much work done for God if you don't know how to take authority over the devil and move him out of the way and get get the way cleared for God to work. God don't work on top of demonic stuff. That's why when you go in some of these, these churches where they don't pray much, eventually the devil just causes everything to go dead. I mean, I don't care how high the anointing is when they start singing. If the preaching don't support it, that the devil eventually, you can tell the difference sometimes if you're sensitive to things like that. You know, the choir will start out real strong and, you know, you'll feel the presence of God. And then when the that singing is over, it just, amen. Pay attention. You'll learn some stuff. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, this is my job to 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 understand atmospheres and understand where God can work and where he can't work. And so you, you might have a hard time getting, getting, unless you can get it back in there. I fought to get anointings back in places. If I was called there as a speaker and I felt that anointing go down because everybody else is, you know, people, they get out of the flesh when they feel like it. People like music because you can get up, move around, you can shout, you can jump up and down, make yourself known. But after the music's gone, their interest is gone. And so if you, you're the, the unfortunate preacher that's got to preach after that, and especially if you want God to do signs and wonders, you got to find a way to get that anointing back. Or at least get yours on the scene. You got me? And so you might have to tell people to stand up and pray in tongues now with me and you know, all that kind of stuff, and let's, and you take authority over the devil, make him stop, make him leave. God sent me here to do business, and I'm gonna do business. Amen? But this is, this is typical. You know, people that don't understand atmospheres and how to control them for God will, will wind up not being able to do much in the power of God, because you gotta understand these things. You gotta wanna understand them. You know, the average preacher that don't have healings in their church could care less. Oh, we had a good night. Ooh, that anointing. But who was good with the praise and worship. It was high. We had a high time in the Lord. Yeah, but your sick people went home sick again. Do you understand what I'm saying? You didn't do it all. And God wants to make, he brings people there to meet their needs. He don't, he don't bring you there to let you go on the same way you came. Amen. And so, so you got to understand as a minister, it's your responsibility to make sure people get healed, to make sure you preach healing and you teach it so that people can get and teach people how to get their needs met, how to go out and find a job, how to use their faith to get what they need, all of that stuff. You've got to, that's your job, preacher. You know, it ain't always on the people. And then you get mad if they go look at somebody else's program on the television. Well, you, you should feed them. Amen. And so the, the strong man operates this way. Just like this, this guy is operating. This is how, <laughs> this how he, they work. So in verse 26, they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. And when he went forth to land there, met him out of the city a certain man. This man came up to him 
he's just getting off the boat and guess who comes up in his face amen and so this is a confrontation this 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 man has something to protect that's why he's confronting jesus amen and so he he's 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 this man has been uh, met him out of the city a certain man which had devils a long time it's another indication of a strong man he's not somebody who this has been what might have happened here what might sometimes happens is you're looking at a generational curse and here this man this poor unfortunate man was born into a family that was comfortable with a certain level of demonic activity and he's he's now been chosen to rule this whole territory so these things just don't happen out of nowhere they're planned by the devil he has a plan for for people that he wants to use and this is this is it and he wore no clothes this is always a symptom of demonic activity nakedness in public is always a devil i don't care how people try to make you accept them these people live in nudist colonies that just can't keep their clothes on for that's a devil because a normal person what happens when you don't have clothes on you feel shame adam and eve felt shame when they realized they didn't have clothes on they weren't clothed and when they realized they were naked because god's glory had departed from them they felt shame and they covered up the best they could normal human activity is to cover up not to be naked you got me so when you see that that's definitely a devil all these lbgtq people out there in the streets with their clothes off that's demonic don't be accepting of that and shrugging your shoulders and thinks it's okay it's a devil folks so treat it as such you don't embrace devils you don't give them cover and you don't make excuses for them and think that's normal because if you do you'll be the next one with one that young man norval hayes prayed for all night he was a a college student and thought it might be fun to go streaking across campus and that's what he did streaking was something that people used to do and just take all the clothes off run and run through a public place if they was at a a ball game you see him streak out there and it 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 came and it went and uh people stopped doing it because i'm sure they realized it wasn't as fun as they thought it would be once you get out there and get stupid for the devil and this young man when he when he finally got back to where people were he had lost his mind demons had come into him and taken him over and there were some people at that school that had known about Norval Hayes ministry. Thank God for that. This kid was from a nice family, got probably got in with the wrong crowd or somebody stupid as he was. And he decided he was going to take the challenge. And this was the result of it. He didn't know who he was. He wasn't talking anymore. He was mute. And they knew that he was demon possessed. And they, they, somebody that knew Norval, I forget how, how it went. It was like a chaplain or somebody at the, the school called him. And he, and Norval said God had told him to drive, get in his car and start driving up there to that school, I believe. And when he got there, he knew God had something for him to do. Well, he commanded that he talked to that devil all night long. And, and he said, he said, nah. No, no, you don't let the devil wear you out. He said, you get tired, take a break. But go back to it. Because he knew God was going to come through. See, this is the thing. God won't choose you if he don't know you know that he can come through for you. He He won't get you on a, a first time <laughs> all-nighter. Or he might. But there's an anointing and an unction there to sustain you. We call it a grace. There's a grace to sustain you through the duration of that prayer time so that you can get it done. 
So don't ever say, oh, I'm glad he didn't choose me. I'd never be able to do. You don't know what you might be able to do under the right authority and unction. But see, Norval was one of those people. God had already trained him how to do these things. Amen. And he'd teach other people. You go down to his college when he was alive, he'd teach people to do the same thing he was able to do. So you don't have to fear the devil. And he said he took a seat. And when he got tired, he got tired. And, you know, when he, you know, and said there were some other young people around there, around the school, and they were wanting to come in and pray. He said, no, 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 you know, you don't come in here. I don't need any help. You understand what I'm saying? Now, if God had said, okay, have them come in and pray, fine. But he could tell they weren't, they weren't the ones, in other words. You know, this wasn't like. Peter, James, and John that went in with Jesus to raise that girl from the dead. He wasn't discipling these people. And so they kept, uh, uh, he's asking for water. Norval said, oh, you don't give devils water. Next thing you know, they'd be wanting a hamburger. So he says, no, I don't feed devils. And I don't give them nothing to drink either. You understand me? And so you got one job and one job to do, and that's make it come out. And I think it was it was more than eight hours. It had to have been up in the middle of the night, early in the morning, the next day. Norval said he took his time. He rested in between. He went back to commanding that thing to come out. And he said, finally, that thing left that boy. And when he left, he started, he, he said he first started to leave in that thing. There was uh, some white green or white mucus oozing out of the side of his mouth and he said it was a big puddle of it by the time that thing came out of him well what is that then the lord told him that's the nest that they build when they leave it living people see demons always have waste and refuse you got me and so some of that is what they created now it was probably that because there was so many of them you know, you take cast a, a sick devil out of somebody, they don't go on like that. And they don't resist on like that. So there was more than one demon in there, in that boy, for them to have that tighter grip on him and hold on to him. But it's possible to get people free if you'll stay with it. Average person don't have the patience to stay with anything like that. You know, I mean, to be honest with you. And, and so... So it might take a little work sometimes to get some things done. People who had really strong healing and deliverance ministries would always have a a back room where they could minister to people that took extra time. You understand what I'm saying? It can't all be done out there in front of everybody. So Oral Roberts had a, a room where he would... The harder cases would be back there, and he had a team of people that came in and prayed for Kenneth Copeland. That's how he learned the healing ministry, is praying for, for Brother Roberts in his back room. He had a lot of people back there that were skilled at deliverance and at healing and would pray for people. Some of them take longer, amen? Some of them leave without being delivered. they got to come back again. But, you know, it's... It is what it is. Amen. And so, but Jesus having, having, uh, unlimited power, he had the spirit without measure. And so he was able to withstand this onslaught. You know, this, this, this man, the demoniac, no doubt when he would go up to people like he's going up to Jesus, he would scare them. And they would turn around and go back or walk around him or see he was the strong man. He ran everything. So he was in charge there. And he says he lived in the tombs. He didn't live in anybody's house anymore. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him. And with a loud voice said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of God, most high? I beseech you, don't torment me, because they know they have it coming. This is typical of demons. They beg you for what they want. They use sympathy and pity quite a bit to get what they want. Amen? Lust devils will couple with spirits of pity, and you see young boys and young girls connected with each other, and they shouldn't be.
You got me? Begging. I said I wasn't going to do this no more. Well, you lied to yourself. The way not to do stuff is don't put yourself in that area. <laughs> Leave that person alone. The minute you give them some time and attention, you've already consented to whatever else they want to do. I'm saved. I'm not stupid. Okay. And he had, Jesus had already taken authority over him and told him to come out of that man. For oftentimes it had caught him and he was kept bound with chains and in fetters and he broke them and picked them apart. Amen. And was driven of the devil into the wilderness. So he couldn't live among people. And Jesus asked him, saying, what is your name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. Amen. So this is, this is, is, uh, what they call this man. This is not the demons responding. The man is really responding. Well, they call me Legion because I can't be tamed and I've got so much demonic activity in me. They just call me Legion because there's a bunch of them in here. And they probably heard them all talking, seen them all manifesting. Amen. And, and had to deal with him. And so he says, and he besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. In other words, demons know what they want to avoid. Really, these demons don't want to leave people. This is the whole thing. They want to keep some territory. Why? Because they're under authority to hold on to what they have. That's why they're so reluctant to come out of people. But they got to come out by commanding the anointing. They must obey that. Amen? And so that this... You know, don't ever sit up and think, oh, it's going to be hard. It's, uh-uh. You command them one time, tell them they can't resist you, and they better come out. And so they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. And there was a herd of many swine feeding on the mountain, and they asked him if they could uh, enter into the swine. Now, Now notice, they are already subject to Jesus' authority. They can't do anything without his permission. It's the same way with you. The only reason the devil is giving you a hard time is you let him. But he has to obey you just like he had to obey Jesus. They obey the anointing. And they obey the command of the spirit. Amen. It doesn't matter if you're a new Christian, not a new Christian you know, somebody who ought to know better or whatever. It, it, that unction is on you and you tell them what to do. It, it'll, they must obey you. And so they're asking, begging Jesus. It's not just because it's Jesus. It's just because he's anointed of God and he has authority over them. And so they're begging Jesus to let them go into the swine. And so they, they went into the swine. He told them to go and they went in. And and the swine then, uh, because they were demon possessed swine, what is this? What is the demon in the swine going to do but kill him or destroy him? You got me. And so he's the the the, the demons are doing their job. They you they were going to destroy these pigs, so they don't get to live in the area anymore. So you got. All the whole legion of demons, now they've had to leave that area because they don't have anybody to be in anymore. So what are they going to do? Well, oftentimes they hang around to see if they can get inside somebody else. But Jesus has already commanded them where to go, and they are bound and not allowed to uh, intimidate any people and go and harm any people. Why? Because they're under his command now. Amen? And so he says here, when they, uh, the people that fed them, verse 34, when they saw what was done, they ran because they were scared. Now somebody has come in there that's stronger than the strong man. And they're afraid of power. They're not sure what Jesus is going to do. 
And the other thing that this indicates to me is that these people are influenced by the same demons that were inside the the Legion guy. They're all under the same authority and under the same power. Or else why would they, if they were in their right minds, they would ask Jesus to stay and cast some out of me too. Do you got me? But they're not in their right minds at all. So there, this whole region now is influenced by the strong man and all these demons that he has inside of him and are under his control. And it says when, when they were that, uh, they came to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils had departed sitting at the feet of Jesus clothed and in his right mind, they were scared. So these, you can tell the normal people are not afraid of God's power. Demons are afraid of God's power. You can tell by their reaction what's inside of them. And this whole region is either demon possessed to a, a greater or lesser degree, amen, or influenced by these devils. You'll have sometimes you'll You'll go, I know when I first, we first uh, started the ministry in Detroit, and I would, um, you know, explain to people the activity of certain, certain spirits that we had to take authority over so that we could get some work done for God's kingdom. One of the things he told us to do was go around to all of the large venues uh, in the, in and around the city of Detroit and break the devil's power over them. You know, there were people that told me, oh, ain't no demons over that building. Really? Who made you say that? <laughs> you got me? So people get defensive over stuff like that because they think they start taking it personal. But see, these are demons that influence the minds of people, and they want to protect what they have. See? You talking about my city? You can't come in here and talk about, you know, all that pride thing. and You know, you don't defend devils. And so, you know, we just, it, it, that God showed me how to start weeding people out. Well, when we actually go to do this, you won't be one of them. I didn't say that to them. But it let me know that people who are influenced to defend and stick up for things are not the ones you take with you to take authority over these things. you got to get some people who will be obedient and listen by the Spirit and say, hey, if it's going to help our city to to be able to go in and, and get uh, Christians to do meetings in big places, then this is what we want to do. We We trust what God's telling you. And so, you know, we want to go pray. And I think we wound up with maybe about six people, maybe eight people who actually went with us to do the prayer. And uh, we went to places like, I know, Cobo Hall, Renaissance Center. We went out to um, Pontiac, the Silver Dome out there. And there was another another venue in Pontiac. And we pretty much, we hit about five or six very large um, uh, places so that Christians could go in there and have meetings. People told me, they said, oh, yeah, you know what? Somebody told me Brother Copeland said he wasn't coming here anymore because the, the turnout was so small. And they have a lot of partners in this area. They thought they were going to get more people there, and they didn't. Same thing with Joyce Meyer. Benny Hinn couldn't get in there. They just, meetings never worked out. And so what do you do? You give them back to God. You take those, <laughs> that property don't belong to the devil to do what he wants to do with it. It belongs to God. It's amazing to me, they can have hockey games, they can have uh circus, they can have everything they want to have, but Christians, when the Christians come in and take it, the crowd gets small. Well, there's a demon holding the crowd back. So what we did was we went around and we broke the devil's power over all of those venues. And we were the first Christians to go into the Weston and Cobo Hall to have a meeting there because a lot of Christians told us. Now, a lot of different ministers, 
we tried to get that and they told us that they we we had to put down a big amount of money and we were never able to do it and i said well i don't know but god told us to do it if he tells you to do something you go do it but i knew exactly what what the difference was see when you break the power you bind a strong man see this is what you do when you spoil a strong man you take what he has you take authority you take control over it which means that if god says you can go in there anytime you want to and use that place for god's glory because the devil's power is broken and he can't keep you out anymore and so that's exactly what happened in this um city of gadara this city is getting freed up because Jesus has taken authority over the strong man. He has set this man free that the strong man lived in. And so now Jesus has another step to go in order to do the work that he wants to do. So many times when we take authority over the enemy, there's more than just one thing involved. You know, like one situation. For instance, when we we uh, gave God that church back in Sandusky where we were having the the um, empowerment meetings once a month, and we broke the devil's power, and that they sold that building to somebody else. Well, it wasn't just for that one church, and it wasn't just for that one thing. It was for that entire area, wherever that strong man was getting a foothold. He's gone now. And he's not going to hinder the work of God anymore. And he's certainly not going to invade God's churches anymore. You got me? And so you don't know until God later on can give us a report. I learned how to not check up on God. Now, that's God's property now. He does what he wants to do with it. My job is done. But sometimes God will bless you so that he gives you a testimony about something, you know, or or you might go back to that area again and find out what kind of progress has been made. All of that happens, folks. We see progress. You got me? And so this is this is real. This isn't some make believe. This isn't some fairy tale. So so anyway, it says here, when they saw him sitting in his right mind, they were afraid. Which means they also had demons that had been over his, under his control. And it's like, well, now the strong man's gone. What are we going to do? That's that's their dilemma. So they also, which saw it, told them by what means he that was possessed with the devils was healed. And the whole multitude, the whole city round about. So this is not just Gadara, but these other cities around them heard about Jesus being there and asked him to leave, for they were taken with great fear. Now, why does that happen? When the strong man leaves, then the one over the strong man now is fighting to hold on to what he's got. So when they get fearful like that, they're fearful that they're going to be the next to go. You understand me? When the devil starts losing his grip, he's trying to hold on to it. So that's why they asked Jesus to leave. And it says, now the man out of whom, verse 38, uh, the man out of whom the devils were departed besought him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, return to your own house and show how great things God has done to you and he went his way and told or published throughout the whole city what great things jesus had done to him in another account i think it's the one over in matthew it says that when he went he went and told in all of decapolis so he went to the ten cities that he was a strong man over and preached the gospel to them. He told them Jesus set him free. And he can set you free too. And they were no longer afraid. See they needed somebody to share testimony. They could see it with their, well this man's normal. We thought we were normal. <laughs> you know but obviously we had us normal because we kind of like things the way they were. 
but now we see the light. See, this is enlightening people. This is bringing people who were in darkness into a great light. And it says down in verse 40, and it came to pass that when Jesus returned, they received him gladly because they were all waiting for him. Why? Because they were delivered too. See, when he went and told everything, and this is how God plans for us to take over in different areas for him. Not just take over, but take territory. He said, occupy until I come. Well, you can't occupy if you're in a corner and you can't have a meeting and the devil steals everything you got. You understand? Well, you ain't occupation. You occupy by praying and finding out from God a strategy so that you can take authority over the enemy. And this was Jesus' plan. He looked, he kept going back and forth into these cities along the Sea of Galilee. And he realized, he said, you know what? He said, these people is demon possessed up in here. I've got to get these people free. And that was Jesus' strategy. Go get the strong man first. Take authority over him and you could spoil his house. You take everything that, that he's got control over. And this is how, this is still the best way to get it done. Ministers that you see going over to foreign countries where people haven't been before. You see apostles. A, a good example is Brother Summerall. If you, we, we read, we taught really from most of his books already. But if you ever get a chance to read some of his, there's a book they put out. It's called, uh, I think it's called Brother Summerall Stories, where he just gives testimonies of the different things that he did in these different countries. Uh, how they got revival, uh, in the Philippines. He cast a devil out of a girl that was in prison. And the revival came to that whole nation just on that one. There's a strong man. Obvious. Don't ask if that, that wasn't, are you sure that was a yes? You can tell by the fruit. You can tell what he's holding on to. He's got the whole nation captivated. With this girl who's putting curses on the jailers because they're scared of her. Amen? They imprisoned the wrong person. They got this girl in jail and they didn't realize that she was a very powerful witch. Her mother had been a witch. Amen? And she was a street prostitute. They made the mistake of thinking they could put her in jail. And she started. they started dropping. She put curse on the jailers. Two of the jailers dropped dead already. And they thought the same thing was going to happen to Brother Summerall. But he stayed up all night praying instead of wondering, instead of trying to convince himself he had enough power. He asked God what to do, and God gave him that power, and that rested on him through the duration of his life in ministry. He was always, an apostle has to have that kind of authority to go into a, a strange place and start working for God. You can't go in there waiting for somebody's invitation in a private jet in a new suit. That's not how they roll. You go in the way God sends you in, and, and you you go in dressed in nothing but the anointing, because that's all that you need. Amen? All right, so we're going to pray. We're going to pray the crimes against children and the seed of the righteous, and just release. We're going to bind Pharaoh and and take authority over him and make him let go of children. Make him let go of a holy and righteous seed. So, Father, we bind lust, hate, and murder. We ask you to forgive our sins. Cleanse us. We plead the blood, Lord. That's our only plea. That's our, our defense, and that's our our um, our cleansing for us. And we uh, bind the lust, hate, murder triad. We resist the leaving children male babysitters. We break spirits of stupor and folly over parents. We ask you to wake these parents up and give them godly wisdom. Don't turn their children over to perverted people. We declare our homes upright before the Lord. The hearts of the fathers, we command to return to the sons and the sons toward the father. Thank you for protection for our children by the heavenly host. We break mind, occult, and drug culture powers over children. Jezebel, we cut your cords to these children. You sh- we show you no weep pity even if you weep for them. Let the word of God not depart from the children's mouths. Our children are raised, Lord, in your nurture and admonition. We break the power of witchcraft in the schools and over the children and in the home. And we take weapons 
uh, out of the home uh, and make these things unavailable to children. Uh, put them in a safe place so that they can't get a hold of them. Uh, we thank you, Lord, that uh, <clears throat> the government will compel parents to be more responsible and not allow children to have access to dangerous weapons. We bind strife and violence between children. We bind peer pressure to commit murder. We pray for the fruit of self-control. We break the power of gangs. Lord, we thank you to make gangs undesirable to children. We break the power of witchcraft that allows kidnapping, rape, murder, the terrorists, and internet spirits stalking, uh, stalking spirits. Jezebel, we bind your false family and fantasy spirits as companions for lonely or rejected children. Father, we ask you to fill up the loneliness in these children's hearts with your love and make children wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And the Holy Spirit, we ask you to draw children to Christian websites and safe places so they won't fall prey to predators on the Internet. And, Father, we declare our seed, the seed of the righteous. God's children are not for sale. They shall be delivered, not beg bread. They hate sin and the devil. They have your covenant established in their lives, and they inherit all that we have in God and increase in your glory. We thank you they increase exceedingly, and of the kingdom there shall be no end, that they shall possess the gates of those that hate them. They will choose life that they may live, and they will fear and glorify you, Lord. They will be blessed, be fruitful, increase abundantly, be multiplied, and wax exceedingly mighty. They will inherit the earth and be established forever. They'll be mighty upon the earth and be delivered, though hand joined in hand. They will have the Holy Spirit poured out on them. And have the word of God continually in their mouths. And we declare the glory of the latter house will be greater than that of the former house. That our children will be taught of the Lord and great is their peace. They'll be trained in the ways of the Lord when they're old. They won't depart from it. They are the heritage of the Lord and will be filled with wisdom and have favor with God and with man. And honor father and mother that their days will be long on the earth and it will be well with them. And we thank you for that, Lord, and we bless you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, and amen.